Welcome back to Dart Bank Insights. I'm your host, Brendan Andrews, and joining us today we have on John Grocky from Dart Investment Centers, who's the investment manager there. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really impressed with the recording studio we've got set up here. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of how you got into investments and a little bit about your career investments? Sure. Uh, so I have been providing retirement advice, investment planning advice uh, for just about 20 years now. 17 of those years have been inside uh, uh, here at Dart Investment Centers, inside Dart Bank. Uh, it's been a, a great career. I'm one of those rare people, it seems like these days, that actually did go to school uh, and get my education in the career path that I, that I chose. Um, I graduated from Central Michigan University <clears throat> back in 2000, um, and I majored in personal financial planning and, and with a concentration in investments. And um, it's just been a, uh, a, a great career and uh, working with wonderful people here inside the bank and with the clients that I get to serve. Great. Um, so I just kind of wanted to talk about just some like wide ranging scope of investing and how we get started to retirement later stages of life. So why don't we just kick it off with, uh, you know, a lot of people think investing is a little bit complicated uh, and a lot of people don't really know how to get started. Can you sort of go into that a little bit? Sure. I, you know, I, I really don't think it needs to be complicated. I think there's a, a lot of things that uh, anybody who has an interest in the desire to learn about this uh, certainly has the ability to do it. Now, I work with a lot of folks who don't necessarily have that desire, and, and that's where I come in. Uh, but these days, there's so much information that's out there. If you want to hop online and, and research your own investments, and investments, excuse me, and stock selections and things like that, uh, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Uh, for those of us, though, who maybe are a little intimidated or maybe just, just don't have that interest or, or that desire, I think it's really important that they find somebody that they trust, that they are comfortable working with uh, to get some of those answers that, they, that they're going to need uh, to, to properly plan for the future. So do you think it's a little risky to pick out your own stocks if you're just getting started? Or do you think like that research that you said can kind of help you out or... I don't know. How would someone go sure. up and take it? You know, I, I think spending time learning about what you're trying to accomplish, what your goals are, is important. You know, picking your own stocks is it any more risky than, you know, picking out your own vehicle that you want to purchase or picking out your own home? Those are all really those are all investments that we are making, and they all carry certain elements of risk uh, with them. Uh, when you're choosing investments, I think really what you uh, want to focus on is, is why are you making this particular investment? What is it that you're hoping that it's going to accomplish for you? What is the ultimate goal that you're working towards? Um, and, and those questions really need to be answered before you even start getting into tax impact and, and, and uh, investment standard deviations and metrics and things like that. Uh, knowing what you're doing and why, I think, is the first thing you always want to ask yourself. Okay, great. So one of the things that gets thrown around is really diversifying when mm -hmm. it comes to investing in general. Can you just sort of highlight why it's kind of important to do that or why the different stages you might want to diversify differently? Sure. So diversification is just a, a method that is commonly used um, really in layman's terms. It's just sort of spreading out some of that investment risk that you might have instead of just going out and selecting one stock or one fund. Um, and then being subject to all the risks that go with that, uh, saying, look, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look for, I'm going to canvas the marketplace and find different types of different uh, investments uh, and hopefully get those all working together. And so that if one particular investment doesn't do very well for me, hopefully I've got all these other ones that are going to help prop it up. Um, and it's, it's a common strategy to sort of um, mitigate some of the risk that can go along 
uh, with managing a portfolio. And I, I do think it's, it's very important for people to do that. So let's go into sort of someone that's thinking about, you know, the retirement stages and kind of what they can do to set themselves up for a, a better retirement uh, where they don't run out of money. Can you like sort of any tips and tricks or just general uh, concepts? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know that I'd say tips and tricks, but I think there are a couple of uh, kind of first steps that most people should really explore. Um, first and foremost, these days, most folks have some type of employer plan that's available. Most, uh, most of our listeners probably have heard of a 401k plan, uh, but if they work for a school or a hospital, it might be uh, 403b uh, or 457. There's all these different employer plans uh, that are available to people. Those are a great place to look first and foremost because in a lot of cases, your employer will actually incentivize you to save for your own retirement. Uh, most people have probably heard of some type of matching contributions uh, that employers will make a lot of the time. Um, and so learning sort of the ins and outs of your own company's retirement plan, uh, learning how to use that, um, and um, that, that's a great first place to start, and that's where there's, there's a lot of times the most benefit. Beyond that, I think you start looking at, again, what are some of the goals that you're trying to accomplish? If it is retirement planning, you're going to want to look at uh, IRAs, things like that. Um, uh, you're going to look for different ways to generate income in retirement. And, uh, but I almost always start by looking at those employer-sponsored plans. Okay. Yeah, I remember you harping on us to meet the match criteria because you're really leaving money on the table it's, when it comes to... It, it's so important. It makes, it makes the, the hardest part of retirement planning, which is the sacrificing and saving. That is, that is where all the heavy lifting is at. And if you can get some help doing that piece of it, you've just made all the rest of it so much simpler, so much easier. Right. Um, going into sort of retirement and uh, adjusting your investment strategy by age, um, would you have any recommendations for um, someone that's just starting their career just out of college a couple years? Uh, what kind of recommendations would you give them for being aggressive or really setting themselves up for success later on? Sure. So, so I, I do try and stay away from just blanket recommendations for people because I, I think that there's, uh, there's always going to be some type of, of unique situation for somebody and things that we need to customize. That being said, uh, to answer your question, I think that one of the bigger mistakes that I see young people especially make uh, is being a little too cautious, a little too conservative with some of the retirement funds. Uh, and certainly not that they need to put everything on red, uh, but I, I do think when you are in your 20s uh, and when you are just starting with your career, uh, boy, you're never going to have an easier time to be a little bit more oriented towards growth, towards looking at investments that have a little bit more potential uh, to, to grow a little bit more quickly for you. And so really getting some, some of the, our younger clients to really focus on that growth aspect of their accounts, uh, I think is where we, we like to start with those people, getting them comfortable with some of the, some of the moves that the market will make because uh, they will have their good days and bad days inside those accounts and preparing them for those is, is what makes it a little bit easier for them, I think. So John, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, if, if someone's a recent college graduate, what steps should they take to sort of get themselves going in a retirement account or any investing? Sure. So their, their employer plan is going to be a big piece of that, looking at what their employer offers, typically 401k plans, something along those lines, making sure they're contributing enough to get uh, to, to take advantage of the match that their employer is offering. Um, when I sit down with, uh, particularly with, with young people who are just getting started, a lot of times there's a, there's a tendency where they say, things are kind of tight right now with my budget, and so I'm just going to wait six months, and then, I'll, and then I'll start contributing. 
Uh, and typically for those folks, what I'll, what I'll really focus on is, okay, I, I don't want you on bread and water. I don't want you to be crippling yourself uh, with your cash flow and everything else. But I think that it works much better if people just make small contributions, even if it's just 1% or less of your pay. And what I always tell people is that the hardest part of, of all of this is getting started. That, that process of, boy, my employer gave me this paperwork, I've got to fill it out, I've got to turn it in, I've got to get enrolled for this plan. Um, doing that part of it is almost always the hardest. And so I think that a lot of times people have all the intentions of the world. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get started with this 401k in six months time, I'll come back, I'll do it all then. And then next thing you know, it's been six months, next thing you know, it's been five years and you haven't done it. Uh, if instead, right from the beginning, look, I'm just going to do a small amount. I know it's not a whole lot right now, but I'm going to try and do 1% just to get started. Uh, you will be able to uh, get your statements regularly. You'll have a constant reminder at least every three months that, oh yeah, I do have this account. And you know what? This 1% is not so bad. Maybe I can bump it up to two or three or four. Uh, and so it's not sort of out of, out of sight, out of mind, uh, the same way as if you'd never enrolled in the first place. So take, the, take just baby steps, baby steps of getting enrolled, making a small contribution, and then revisiting and coming back later. I, I think that's a, a real important thing for people that are just getting started. And going back to your six months to five years, I mean, that's time where your money really could have grown with compound interest and growth. and Yeah, and, you know, and, and that's another interesting point because here's another common thing that happens. And these days, um, it used to be somebody would, would get a job, they would work for a particular company for 40 years, and they would retire from that company. That has become a much rarer or a much rarer set of circumstances these days. So people change employment quite frequently now. Um, there's a a real strong desire in a lot of those cases where somebody will say, "Look, I worked there for two years. I've got $2,500 in the 401k. It's not that much. I'm just going to cash it out and I'll start over." And I and what I tell those people is, I'm not so much worried about the $2,500. You'll make $2,500. You'll get that into the plan. But guess what? You, it's the two years. It's the two years that you lost getting that started, and now you're starting all the way from scratch again. And so making sure that, um, especially for our younger folks, that, the, that they understand that when you do change employment, you can pick that plan up in almost every case. You can pick that plan up. You can transfer it to your new employer. You can move it to your own individual account, an IRA. Um, cashing that out can really set you back. And, and again, it's not the money. It is the time, uh, quite honestly. Right. Right. Um, so going into sort of the ups and downs, uh, how often do you think you should check your portfolio in general? That, that is a really interesting question, Brennan, because I, I talk with a lot of folks and I will hear people tell me, I try not to look at it because every time I do, I just get anxious about it. And so some of this is, is I think, kind of know thyself, uh, know what you're going to be comfortable with. I never tell people not to look at their accounts because I think that's a very, I, I told you earlier, I think it's important to know what you have and, and, and why. Um, so I would recommend people at least look at their accounts when they get their quarterly statements, things like that. You should always have an idea of what's in there. Um, certainly if you have an interest and, and are passionate about learning how it all works, uh, looking at it more often um, can, can help you get accustomed to it and familiar with some of those, some of those movements that are taking place in the account. Uh, but if it is causing you anxiety, uh, again, that's going to be a signal that maybe you should be looking for some help. You should be looking for somebody that can assist you managing that account. And then when, when you are feeling anxious about it, hopefully that they can talk to you and explain, here's what's happening out there. Here's why the account's not doing real well right now. And that, that happens. Uh, but they should be able to, to explain to you what's happening and, and, and hopefully make you a little bit more calm uh, with some of the movements that happen in your account. 
Well, that's all the questions we have today. John, thanks for being on uh, the podcast. Uh, We'd love to having you, and hopefully we'll have you back to answer some more questions. I hope so. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps up today's uh, DartBank Insights podcast. Thanks for joining, and until next time, I'm your host, Brendan Andrews.